the naturally occurring psychoactive compound, psilocybin, is found in over 200 species of mushrooms. Despite their millennia of use by humans for mental and spiritual well-being, they have been classified falsely among the most dangerous and illegal of substances. Locked away from those who need them most. The Psilocybin Chronicles documents the individuals who courageously consume, collect, or cultivate these mushrooms to improve the quality of their lives. Won't you join us as we welcome the return of psilocybin? Welcome to the Psilocybin Chronicles. I am your host, Eric Osborne. The purpose of this podcast is for educational and harm reduction purposes only. The Psilocybin Chronicles, nor Michael Meditations, promotes illegal activity. I'd like to start this episode with an excerpted reading from an interview conducted by Amy Novotny of the American Psychological Society. It's taken from a question and answer format with Dr. Howard S. Friedman, psychologist and co-author of the 2011 book, The Longevity Project. His research had important findings on what factors really contribute to health and wellness. In this interview, Dr. Friedman goes on to say, Most people who live to an old age do so not because they have beaten cancer, heart disease, depression, or diabetes. Instead, long-lived avoid serious ailments altogether through a series of steps that often rely on long-lasting, meaningful connections with others. It's been known for a long time that the traditional biomedical model of disease, you're healthy until you get sick, is seriously flawed. Hence, the wellness movements. We are discovering the many ways in which physical well-being and subjective well-being are two sides of the same coin. It's time to bury the flawed distinctions between mental and physical health. We were amazed to uncover lots of evidence overall that is not random who will become ill. There are large differences in susceptibility to injury and disease. Some of these are a function of personality. Others are tied to social relations, including marriage, family, friendship, and religious observance. Most eye-opening is our finding that the risk factors and protective shields do not occur in isolation, but bunch together in patterns. For example, unconscientious boys, even though very bright, were more likely to grow up to have poor marriages, to smoke and drink more, achieve less education, and be relatively unsuccessful at work, and they died at younger ages. Conversely, certain personality constellations predicted more achievement, better social relationships, and other elements of thriving that led to longer, healthier lives. There is a terrible misunderstanding about stress. Chronic physiological disturbance is not at all the same thing as hard work, social challenges, or demanding careers. People are being given rotten advice to slow down, take it easy, stop worrying, and retire to Florida. The Longevity Project discovered that those who work the hardest lived the longest. The responsible and successful achievers thrived in every way, especially when they dedicated themselves to things and people beyond themselves. We all know lots of things are health-promoting. Stop substance abuse, stay active, eat right, sleep well, don't gain weight, make friends. So why aren't most of people healthy? I advise throw away your list because our study suggests that it is a society with more conscientious and goal-oriented citizens well integrated into their communities that is likely to be important to a healthy and long life. 
These changes involve slow, step-by-step alterations that unfold across many years. But so does health. For example, connecting with and helping others is more important than obsessing over a rigorous exercise program. Careful consideration is a key part of one of the healthy paths we call the high road. Such an individual is the conscientious sort, with good friends, meaningful work, and a happy, responsible marriage. The thoughtful planning and perseverance that such people invest in their careers and their relationships promote long life naturally and automatically, even when challenges arise. And challenges will arise, friends, and we need each other. Western society has put such a focus on the individual that the individuals among us are disconnected from nature, each other, the mystical, and we're diseased due to these elements we lack, even more so than the unhealthy behaviors we engage in. Truly, this has been one of the most rewarding parts of my work with Michael Meditations, and even before that with my gourmet company, Magnificent Mushrooms. Even while working on this episode, I'm getting WhatsApp messages from the members of our most recent retreat, commenting on how the community that they have found in Myco is the most important piece to their own personal healing. And I could not agree more. Mushrooms have indeed brought me many, many great friends. Now, I'm not attempting to plug Myco Meds here. I'd, I encourage you to seek out other healthy psychedelic communities and, and community in general. I suggest avoiding toxic communities, those who seek to criticize and condemn others. And yes, those exist in the psychedelic sphere as well. Oh my. (laughs) Do they ever. Uh, But growing up in Springfield, Kentucky, uh, you know, I was a bit of an oddball. Uh, Okay, I was a major oddball. I felt a definite lack of community. I felt my community was elsewhere. Uh, This started for me around the age of 12 when I began to realize how different I was. The interests and outlooks of others were dissimilar to mine. Whenever I would test the boundaries of acceptable questioning and behavior, my Catholic community was quick to redirect me back to consensus normality. Not exactly a safe place to be vulnerable and open to new connections. Despite the intimate size of this town, the real connections were few and far between for me. Fortunately, I had a connection with nature. The snakes, the trees, the creeks, these were my community. I had friends, of course, but the deep interpersonal bonds were few and far between. For a brief time in my LSD-taking 20s, I found camaraderie in the psychedelic circles I was involved in. But most of them were founded in recreation and not self-recreation. In all honesty, it wasn't until sharing the bonds that I have with my co-workers and clients who became friends that I started to again feel a sense of real community and purpose. And I have absolutely noticed improvements in my physical and mental health. So many of the individuals that I have met and worked with in Jamaica have become family to me. And to a guy who has more often than not felt rejected by his conservative family and community, this means more than words can express. My guest on this podcast is one of those individuals that I now call a friend. We shared some powerful moments together, and indeed some deep, deep laughter. His genuine smile and warm heart brought healing to the entire group, and I am confident that the group brought healing to him. Watching individuals gravitate to him was simply beautiful. It was an honor to be in the presence of someone who radiated so much goodness, especially after he learned to have as much compassion on himself as he has on others. 
You could feel his influence extend even further after his third dose, and he became an anchor for those around him. The fourth dose, <laughs> I'm just kind of remembering uh, Jason just standing on the porch there and, and looking at you as you just shared yourself with people and in conversation in the rain. <laughs> and it was just, it was just beautiful, man. You're <laughs> beautiful people coming through. <laughs> you and your toad, Jason. All right. Sorry. I got off script. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I expect that Jason will be doing more of the same in his home community for a good while into the future. Jason, who would like to remain professionally anonymous, is in the medical field and is located on the West Coast. He has an intense interest in emerging research into the treatment of depression, anxiety, addiction, and PTSD. He believes that the evidence supporting the use of psychedelics in the treatment of these illnesses is very exciting and long overdue. Won't you join me in welcoming Jason to the Psilocybin Chronicles? All right, Jason, thank you for joining me today on the Psilocybin Chronicles and also in Jamaica for the past 10 days. It's been really outstanding having you here. Thank you, Eric. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. Uh, So let's just get right into it and uh, tell us, who would you eat mushrooms with if you could? Time and space don't matter. Yeah, I it would be hard for me to uh, pick one person. I think that if I could think of someone, well, there's two people who have passed now that I think I would like to uh, take psilocybin with. The first being um, uh, Marcus Aurelius. Huh. I would really like to have a hallucinogenic experience similar to what we've done here with him. He was so far ahead um, of his time. You know, someone he, he was one of the Stoics, right? He was one of the Stokes, but he was also an emperor. And right. for him to have all that power, he wrote a book called Meditations. And it was never meant to be published. It was his personal journal. And the things that he tells himself are so humble. Hmm. You know, he says, basically, one thing he says is, um, I'm paraphrasing, and I may be chopping it up a little bit, but um, throughout your day, you're going to encounter mean people, cruel people, sarcastic people disrespectful people accept that as the baseline like don't be thrown off by that don't take offense to Mm, it mm -hmm. and to hear that from someone in a position where they have they can act uninhibited and really embrace their inner tyrant and no one is going to check them but themselves Mm -hmm. for him to have that 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 sense of awareness of himself when basically everything around him is telling him to do whatever he wants whenever he wants um i found that of uh, that was very profound to me. Mm, yeah, that's some great discipline, mindfulness there in yeah. itself. And I think he would. I think he, he seems like he seemed like the type of person who would be open to that if if he understood what he was going to get out of it. Mm-hmm. That it wasn't necessarily a a recreational thing. It was an ex, it was a tool of exploration. Right. The other deceased person would be um, Stephen Hawking. Huh. I'd uh-huh. really like to uh-huh. to. Uh, I'd just like to meet him in general but um that that would be he's he's someone i've really admired um i think he had a quote that i heard one time i hope it's correct that paraphrasing again that um i can't believe life is as beautiful as it is and for a person having als Mm -hmm. confined Mm -hmm. physically as he was to be able to say something Mm -hmm. of that nature like it it really kind of shook me in terms of you know it's ha- it's possible to be happy in the direst of circumstances. Right. So, you know, 
at least there's a path. At least someone's done it mm-hmm. who who has experienced more struggle than I could ever oh, yeah, possibly. Some serious adversity, right? Yeah, I've often wondered if minds like his have ever encountered psychedelics and we're just not aware, you know, because of the um, stigma around it, that it's not pop- public knowledge. I, I, he, he doesn't seem like he would be opposed to it. Even yeah. if even if he personally didn't choose to do it, he doesn't. He, I, I don't get the impression that he would be opposed to people doing it, especially if they were getting help from it. So mm-hmm. I think it's entirely possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 living person that I can think of right now um, would be just because I've done a retreat of his and um, I think it would be really fun would be Eckhart Tolle. Uh-huh. Um, he, I went to a retreat of his in Monterey and um, he, I think it was a month or two prior he had done LSD in Amsterdam and he was reporting back and, okay. and he said, uh, you know, yes, it was interesting. No more interesting than regular reality, but interesting. And it was kind of neat for, you know, to hear that perspective mm-hmm. of someone who's kind of known as being present in the moment, you know, could, mm-hmm. could get the benefit of it, never rejected it, but just was like, yeah, it's a new experience. And, uh, you know, kind of um, take a little of the mystique out of it. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, those are all your, your, the common characteristic I see in all those individuals is, is an open mind, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Yeah, I think it's. I think that's very important. I maybe it's just uh, maybe it's from a selfish angle. Like I would pick people who don't seem to need a lot of work to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like you know, it's not like oh, I would really want to go with this person so I could show yeah, this yeah. to them. I, I really, that's, I, wanna, <laughs> I would like to learn from the person that I trust. I mean, I do. Yeah, we yeah, we yeah, learn yeah. from the people that we work with and help as well, for sure. But. To go in with a greater mind than mine. Yes. And I know I want to know that this is a great mind that I'm going in here with. Right. Yeah. 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 I don't have a great mind where to the point where I, you know, feel right. that I need to bestow anything on anyone, you know, so. <laughs> you know, I can't identify with so, that for some sure. People, some people do, but <laughs> I don't. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So let's, let's talk about how you perceived psilocybin when you first encountered it. Was it, um, uh, you'd heard about it as a rumor or friends talking about magic mushrooms or what, what, where? I kind of feel like I want to start a little earlier, just okay. briefly to, to kind of give where my, my head was. Mm-hmm. When I was the, around maybe four or five, I started having um, these feelings of deja vu, but they weren't deja vu. I would be playing with my toys and I would just drop them and look at my hands and think, this isn't real. Like, these toys aren't real. This room isn't real. I'm not real. Like, and it was really profound. It was, it was, it was really shocking to me. And I would ask myself, I don't know if I'm in someone's dream or if this isn't happening, Mm. but this isn't real. It wasn't scary. It was just confusing. And I I had this feeling of like, what's, what's behind this? Mm -hmm. What Mm -hmm. is behind this? It just didn't make sense to me. (laughs) It's like, why? Very young. Just like, why am I playing with this? What's the point of this? Why does my mom go to work? Why do we, you know, why do we have money? You know, mm-hmm. I just, it seemed odd to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the nature of reality itself just seemed odd to me. And probably a few years later, um, we used to play a game as a kid where we would help each other pass out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you would lean over and take in a bunch of breaths and then the other kids would like, you'd cross your arms and they'd push into your chest while you were against a wall. Right. And I went out 
the first time. The only time I ever went out was the first time, and I had a very uh, psychedelic experience. And it was kind of that feeling of like, there's something in there mm-hmm. that might be real, hmm. you know. But I didn't know how. I tried again, and I couldn't do it. And so, you know, when I was a teenager, I chased things. I like you know i chase substances mm-hmm. uh, marijuana you know just uh, kind of looking for that kind of looking I, I wanted to find bedrock mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and i didn't really care what nature it was because i just wanted to know what was real and um once i i'm trying to think about the first time i, I don't remember the first time i heard about psychedelic mushrooms but i remember a kid I, a kid said he had some in high school and i was just like oh yeah i'm i'm on board for that and when I, when I remember it, I don't remember wanting to get high. I remember just kind of thinking like, maybe this is, maybe this is something that can kind of help me break through and see if there is something behind that veil Mm -hmm, that I'm mm -hmm. imagining there is. Mm -hmm. And, um, a kid left a note on my car. We had talked and it was just a, it was just a drawing of a mushroom. You know, this is back before you had cell phones. <laughs> this is what people had to do. So I knew that when I saw him, he would he would have some, and uh, they turned out to be complete duds. They didn't they didn't do anything. But um, I didn't really thinking back. I don't think I really. I might not have. I might not have actually had an experience on psychedelic mushrooms until I was uh, I was in the military overseas. Mm-hmm. That might have been the first. I don't recall. I think right. I was around 20 years old. But um, when I did it, I think I told you the story previously. You know, being in a military barracks while you're on psychedelics is not always the best uh, set. Setting, yeah. Setting, sorry. Yeah. It's not the best setting. So I just went, in the middle of the night, I just went walking through the, the, the countryside. You know, I probably walked about 10 miles. And every time I would stop, I would feel something approaching me. And it was scary. And I'm like, why do I keep getting up and walking as fast as I can? And I was running from my feelings. I was running from the experience. Yeah. I took these uh, mushrooms to have an experience. And then once I started having it, I, I ran from it because it was, I think I was like, okay, maybe I don't want to see what's behind the veil. Right. <laughs> I was like, right. maybe, maybe I was wrong. Maybe, maybe I don't want to see that because what's back there could be scary. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, think that's, I think that's my answer. That running from the experience, if we could just take a minute to just help people mm-hmm. understand that that is such a crucial turning point where you can either take it into really valuable, mm-hmm. potentially challenging work that, that helps to open up a lot of blockages, heal past wounds, um, and all you've really got to do is sit there with it. And... It's all part of the process, you doing that. There have certainly been times that I have done that, tried to run from the experience, you know? Yeah. Um, And doing that is part of the process, but the more we can help other people understand that when that urge comes to just deny that, know that the thing to do is to sit there with it. Do you feel like you got anything out of that trip other than the realization that you were walking from your, running from your feelings? That's a big realization. That's big. Re- <laughs> <laughs> part that's, of the process, that's, right? That's, that that you know that was that was far more important than the walls looking like fruity pebbles. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, it Thank was you. it was um you know the 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 visuals are 
they're just background. Yeah, you said that you know? this week. I think earlier on, you're like, ah, I was I'm like, done with the visuals. Yeah, yeah I'm the same way. I, th- I think they just don't do anything for yeah. me. It's just a show. Yeah, and it can't. It could potentially be a distraction. I think that's why I just stopped having them mm-hmm. during this mm-hmm. retreat. Mm-hmm. The first, the first night on three grams, I had amazing visuals, amazing, amazing auditory hallucinations. You know, that was a light dose for me. Mm-hmm. But um. It was just kind of a taste, and I really appreciated that that was a hard and fast rule of yours, of Mm. the people, you know, the first night, no matter how skilled or experienced you think you are, you're taking zero to three, Mm. you know, maybe exceptions are made here and there, but Mm -hmm. um, all of us were abided by that rule. Mm -hmm. And when I was, I was really kind of uh, like, man, I hope this isn't a wasted session. I hope that, you know, maybe, maybe he'll see that, you know, I'm really in tune. Maybe he'll let me go higher, you know, which is just silly stuff. You know, once I got done with it, I was like, no, 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 that was the right idea. They know what they're doing. So, um, yeah, but the, the last three virtually, no significant visuals, but that wasn't the message. That just wasn't what I was supposed to teach myself. Right. So did you work with Soul 7 after this episode on the military base? Um, between the time you came here, had you have you used Soul 7? Yes, but um, I've never, until I came here, I never used it therapeutically. You said you had about 10 runs before you came in here, I think. Probably more, more, um, more and with a lot higher doses in Uh terms of LSD. Okay. So I had a few really high doses of LSD, not in a good situation, Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. kind of two, two 20 year old guys with too much testosterone acting like they're who can shotgun the most beers. And I don't recommend you try that, um, that, that philosophy with LSD, but, um, yeah, none of it was really to to go deeper. I, I did do mushrooms another time I remember in Amsterdam with some buddies and had some pretty frown, profound experiences listening to um, uh, uh, The Sound of Silence by Simon and Garfunkel. It was the first time I'd heard the album, great yeah. album. And then Wish You Were Here, which is, uh, I'm a big Pink Floyd fan. So um, I had known that one, but nothing profound from that, but the, the enjoyment of the experience and the awareness that there, there, are, there are deeper deeper waters inside me mm. to plumb um that always stuck with me and and i knew that i knew there was something deeper there than having a good fun experience mm-hmm. well you have certainly brought a lot of fun to the group but you have also really divin deep um and i'd like for you to talk about some of that if you would yeah um so i came here in the darkest depression of my life um I went through a divorce a while back and was depressed after that, but I had goals. And um, in the past few years, um, I've really kind of, uh, my life kind of has, in terms of career-wise and location where I live and just kind of superficial stuff, uh, I've done far better than that that little kid from the country was ever told or thought he could do. Mm. So I'm, I got to a point where I was outside of my goals. Mm. Like I didn't even know what to shoot for anymore because mm. I was past where I thought I would get, but it was still empty. Right. And then the nihilism really set in. The, the, what is the point of this? What is the point of anything? Why pursue a family? Why pursue a relationship? Why find enjoyment? Why enjoy nature? Why do anything? We were doing our process group today, and and one thing I said was telling people I said, um, uh, men, you know, uh, mental health is 
very similar to physical health in terms of um, an, an ounce of prevention is literally worth a pound of cure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like all the things that we can do prior to getting into depression, we should do it because those things that we know help people that are depressed, feeling of connection, uh, exercise, being out in nature. When you, sometimes when you get too far in that hole, even though everything in you knows it will help, you just won't can't, do it. Can't do it. No. You can't. You are locked in a prison in your own mind, and you don't know how to get out. Mm-hmm. You know. And I spent about two or three years there, and um, it just every day it was it was like the the waves washing a little bit of the beach away. It was just a slow erosion. Then that feeling kind of sets in of like, how long am I just going to wait and let this happen? I don't know how long I've got left, but I don't want to spend it doing like this. And then you start thinking about shitting or getting off the pot. Like, well, you're not going to fix it. So maybe you should just end it, you know? And, and I, and I, I, um, actually I, I fantasized about those ideas that was always an escape hatch. You know, that was always a, hey, you can always end it if it gets too bad. That sometimes that was a form of comfort, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but I could never do that to my family. Um, I, don't have, uh, um, I don't have a wife or children, but I do have siblings that, uh, and uh, a mother that I care very much for. And um, that, that was enough. I, I realize now that, that I would never, I wasn't in a, let me say never, but I wasn't in a place where I could, I could leave them. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Um, I had a very significant experience during my third dose and it was cumulative. The first two set up the third and the third I did eight grams and, um, my trip, my trip lasted about 30 minutes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, obviously I was tripping after that, but you know, um, I had an experience. I, I, you know, did I go there? Did I not? I don't know. It doesn't matter. I believe I went into my subconscious. Mm-hmm. I was at, I was at the controls. I had access to the source code and I could reprogram. Mm-hmm. And I explained it as if you're, you're holding a lottery ticket in your hand and you're watching the numbers come up on the TV and you're like, this isn't the number. This is not, holy shit. This is the number. Yeah. I felt like I had hit. I felt like I, you know, felt like uh, <laughs> hit an oil, an oil mine. You know what I mean? I was like, oh my God, I'm down here. I'm down here. The first thing I thought to say is I love you. And I started talking to, you know, uh, I was the controller. So I wasn't, I wasn't me, but I was telling me how much I love myself. And I was sorry that I hadn't always treated myself so well. And I was going to do better and everything was okay. All we need is each other. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you know, everyone has their beliefs and I respect everyone's beliefs, but I don't have a lot of them. And when I was there in that void of my subconscious, there was no one there to help me. There was, there was no point. There was no purpose. There was no God. And I was okay. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. there was no desire for a mate. There was no desire from love from anyone else. Mm-hmm. It wasn't necessary. Mm-hmm. I didn't reject it. But it wasn't there, and I was okay. Yeah, and that was just so. You know, I was like, "You're down here where you thought the scariest monsters were, and there's nothing down here mm-hmm. but you, and you're all you need." And and it just came aware to me that something in me said, "You just told yourself that you love yourself for the first time in your life, and you meant it." 
And I realized I was talking to my inner child. One of the facilitators here had had us do a meditation about the inner child prior to a prior dose. And so I started trying to visualize that inner child, like, oh, that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm talking to my inner child now. That's, I can go there. And I couldn't material, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't bring it into focus. And the message was, you don't need to do that. You don't need to sit here for three hours and give your inner child a hug. You were, you were at, you were in the dark and you came back. And there's people around you right now. They're still in the dark. Take those fucking eye shades and those fucking headphones off and be there for the people you love. And that's pretty much everyone around you. And so I just took it off. <laughs> you know, uh, I took it off and I yelled out. I thought I heard someone struggling. Actually, it was one of our friends giggling. But I just yelled out. I said, in case you don't know it, I love all of you. Mm-hmm. I love each and every one of you. You know, And... um you know, I just felt like I got it. Like I'd heard a story about someone who came here previously from, from a friend of theirs that when they came here, they were, they were planning their suicide Mm -hmm. and they had such a dramatic experience. That person was now the happiest person that the person who told me about it knew. And I was like, if I could get half of that, if I could get half of that, I'll be, I'll be overwhelmed. And I got more than I could have ever asked for. Man, that's so, that's just uh, every time, every time people have these experiences, how humbled I feel to be just in the middle, just like the guy mm-hmm. that handed you the mushrooms, mm-hmm. just that I handed you the mushrooms. I'm so grateful. And Troy, shout out to Troy. Troy is still, still feeling the power of his experience six months ago. And it was the most dramatic, drastic change I've ever seen. Yeah. Tr- Troy, if you're, if you're listening, thank you. Cause your, your story, it did a lot for me. Yeah. And many, I, I, many other people. <sighs> wow. Sorry. <laughs> Good stuff, man. Can we talk about the, the challenges that you experienced in your, some of your dosing this week? The second one, I guess in particular, um, <laughs> Because that was part of the process as well. (laughs) Oh, it was. It was without it. That's important. That's important to bring up. With it seemed to me that to a person, everyone here, and which was you know the vast vast majority. I don't want to say everyone. I don't know, but everyone, most everyone I talked to had a profound release of burden release of guilt, release of shame, whatever it is that was shackling them down, they had a big release and it was always preceded by intense Mm. struggle Mm -hmm. or pain. Mm -hmm. And I, in my second dose, I took six, six grams and I was laying there and I started um, thinking about the trouble with young men right now. And um, there's a, there's an existential crisis that a lot of men, especially veterans are facing. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, I started thinking about um, the mass shooting that happened in California. He was a veteran. Mm. And, um, you know, I just thought something went wrong with this guy. He wasn't born evil. He, at one point, I, I'll wager he was a good person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Something went so, so wrong. And I need to understand these people. I need to understand them, one, so I can help stop them, but two, so I can help them because I am them. Mm -hmm. Like I hit Mm -hmm. all the demographics Mm -hmm. of that guy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I hit all the demographics of that guy. And um, I started going through the checklist. Could I ever hurt, you know, uh, uh, an innocent person, a woman or a child? Mm 
No, I just, I know I couldn't, you know. Could I hurt someone that was trying to harm someone I loved? Oh, yeah. And then I started going deep into that, like, like how, 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 how bad is, how bad could I get? You know, and it's, and I, I was kind of starting to get in that mind. I was trying to get in the mind of the mass murderer and it started, I thought I was like being stoic about it and not feeling the emotion and just being rational about it. But then Mm -hmm. I, I came up to you and started telling you about it. And, um, you, I was afraid I was going to scare you silly as that may sound, Mm -hmm. but, but that's how much it scared me. I was like, you know what? I don't, I don't want to come here and be the dark guy. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not what I want. I don't know what I'm supposed to do here, but I kind of started to preface it with you. Like, Hey man, I'm kind of thinking about this. And you were like, dude, you're not going to scare. You're not going to freak me out. And I believed you, Mm -hmm. you know, and I started telling you about it and you said, you know, it reminds me of that dog over there. There's some, there's some feral dogs around here. They're, they're very, they're sweet little puppies, but they're scared. They've, they've probably been mistreated by humans. And, um, Eric, uh, you, you said, you know, I think about that dog. It's over there. It's barking. It's yelling. It'll growl at you. It'll snap at you, but it's just scared. And I think those people need love just like that dog. And it really hit me like a ton of bricks that I was focusing on my energy on thinking of these mass murders and these other men that need help when I need help. And I was trying to avoid my own pain mm-hmm. and I started to pass out <laughs> mm-hmm. just every, I mean, it came in real fast and I've, I've passed out a lot in the past for, you know, uh, no medical condition, just being overwhelmed by, uh, you know, someone's story or a sight of blood or something like that. So I knew what it was coming on and, um, you know, I think I went out a little bit. You helped me down. And when I, when I woke up, you know, you were just sitting there kind of looking off into the distance, like you were just being there. And I said, I'm okay, man. You said, I know you are. (laughs) And I was like, man, he, he gets it because that's happened. And a lot of people will freak out if someone passes out and you didn't freak out and it made it, I just, I was, I was clean like that. I know some people purge, they, they, they vomit when mm-hmm. when they uh dose and they have a very profound experience after the vomit it feels like a purge it feels like a release of negative energy it feels like a release of trauma and i can't really i can't really vomit it's mm-hmm. i have a pretty iron stomach and um but i can pass out mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we've all got our, our purging skills and that was my and i just i laid there and you know uh you left because you had to deal with someone else mm-hmm. but you sent over a uh, city one of your wonderful and, and beautiful facilitators. And uh, she just sat there. She didn't say anything. She just had a calm, feminine energy. She's a new mother. Mm-hmm. And it was, I felt like it was putting the distressed dog with the calm dog. Mm-hmm. You know, as soon as she sat down, it was just like, oh, that's chill. Mm-hmm. I can chill. Yeah. And all of that, all of that was released. And it was a whole new, it was a whole new it was a whole new experience. Mm-hmm. The whole energy from that point seemed to change, and, and not that my release had a you know it an did. effect on no, it. No, it absolutely did. <laughs> it it absolutely have. did. But, I, I see this over and over that when yeah. one person has that release, you just see it start to pop off around the group. Yeah, you said that and like you popcorn. Saw, yeah, yeah. And you saw it, Andrew, who was the other oh, man. Uh, interviewee from this retreat. It was wow. a glorious experience. That's to interesting. Watch. I didn't yeah. think about that. That you are you two are the ones that opted to do the podcast and it was you two that really like led that night in a lot of ways (laughs) yeah yeah it's really interesting yeah so it um without that it would not have cleared the way 
for the third dose. And there's a lot of people who have a misconception about going on a, a psychedelic mushroom retreat. They think there's stigma and they think, oh, you're just going to party on mushrooms. And I just, I laugh and I'm like, you know, come see. Mm-hmm. If you, mm-hmm. if you, if you really think it's just that much of a party and evidence is showing now how therapeutic this is for people with depression, mm-hmm. people end of life, mm-hmm. you know, people are taking this with terminal cancer diagnosis. Right. And, um, they're military, not military veterans. They're not doing it to party. Mm-hmm. So what they're doing is they're they're facing the dark. And mm-hmm. like you said, sit, going just just going through that pain, sitting through that pain on the other side is unequivocal, undeniable freedom. Mm-hmm. And anyone, it doesn't just you know people will tell you that from you know uh, a, a death race, uh, a, a, an MMA fight. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, people find their freedom mm-hmm. through facing their fears. Absolutely. And um, you know, there's I've not found anything that can show me my fears in a therapeutic and gentle way like mushrooms have. No. It's like they help. They help my mind. They help me give myself what I need. So much so. That's so much so. Uh, and that's all the everything else aside. That is that is the basis. Is it for me? My, my experience and belief with this currently is that it just allows us to be our own healer. Yes. It's not no guru, no other body else. No. It's, it's us that's going to save ourselves. <laughs> So. It's, it's, that's, and, and that is the, that's the energy here. Like I didn't understand it at first. Mm. You know what I mean? I didn't understand it at first. The kind of, it's, it's, it's hands off unless you ask for it. Mm-hmm. Like until mm-hmm. you come seeking help in the midst of your struggle. Well, uh, you, I mean, you know, we are, we are aware when people are struggling yes, and yes, you see yes, that, yes. you know, uh, but so the, but, it doesn't always have to be asked for. Right. But even when you're struggling, I'm just going to come stand beside yes. you. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. No. It's there is a level of respect with the facilitators. They have a respect for the the person's ability to deal with their own issues, mm. you know. Now sometimes you need help, mm-hmm. but there's there's an there there is something less help there's something that is not helpful in trying to help someone too soon absolutely and and getting in there and trying to uh be a therapist or tell them what they need yeah that's especially if you don't know your own projections oh man you know what i mean you can make you could make things worse i i I think the best we can do generally is make suggestions yeah it's like well no that the best we can do is ask helpful questions that help people get there Mm -hmm. the next best Mm -hmm. thing we can do is make suggestions after that get out of people's space so you're not going to tell them unless somebody is looking for a guru or whatever and then that it, that's that itself another, that's is a whole nother thing a crutch of its own right yes. so uh anyway um i can just say that when i told you previously that i'm a you know it's obvious i'm a pretty skeptical person and and mm. very science-based and i told you that if there was if there was any level of uh gurudom in this space I would lock up immediately. Mm. I would lock up any any cultish feel to it. Um, I would not have responded. And it's you, you, you guys, you and your staff. You just come at it as equals. Just hey, we're just people. Mm. You know what I mean? We 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 like your energy. Mm-hmm. We like 
we like seeing you grow. It mm-hmm. helps mm-hmm. us with what we deal with. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it, it, that's that's the magic sauce to me. You know, that's the magic sauce. Putting 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 a group of people like this together. Um, you never know what's going to come out of it and you got to be ready for all scenarios and it takes a special talent it takes a lot of um, calm and it it takes a lot of humility and I just want to say you know I give my hats off to you and your staff you guys um, were exactly what I needed when I needed it well thank you very much you've given a little too many accolades for my comfort it's not I, it's yeah good. I'm, it's not I'm, for I'll you i'll push my it's comfort a, so. <laughs> yeah i'm not trying to shine your shoes yeah. i just call it how it is you know <laughs> <laughs> well good because i ain't wearing that no, yeah so. <laughs> don't think i ever give a compliment when it's not due <laughs> well likewise what i said to you yesterday man you really are one of those beautiful people that i've ever seen man you are you are a light and it is it is no surprise seeing people gravitate around you and just the way that you've been, particularly after that third experience when you yeah, when you got it yeah. and you came to me and I saw like this, <laughs> he got it. He got it. He got it. He got it. And then you just like we're spreading the love. You're mm-hmm. spreading the love. And like that's when we love ourselves. And who's not gonna love that? And then ha- that rub off on them and they may eventually start loving themselves. I had this one trip one time where it was coming on and I'm sitting there with the group and like in this meditation and like and that's what I was like trying to just like send out was like just love yourself as you are. How and I was asking the the space or whatever, asking myself and how how can I help people love themselves just like they are? And like I just like got the biggest fucking kick out of it because all of a sudden it was like, dumbass, love yourself like you are. And I was like, oh shit, y'all got me again. <laughs> And then I loved myself and put radiated it out. Anyway, it's so it's so it's so interesting how easy it is for us to forget mm-hmm. who we really are. Mm-hmm. And I've never, I've had um, suspicions that, like, I could be a light, you know, to other people. Mm-hmm. But it's been so confirmed here, like. Mm-hmm. The, the, the people that I came with, it's it, it's an unbelievable group. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Outstanding. It makes it hard. For, <laughs> it makes it hard for me to not believe there's something going on. Mm-hmm. There's something special. Get a little woo woo. Get a little woo woo. <laughs> you know, get a little like you know maybe we are ch- channeling the secret spirit of the universe. The the main thing is I don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't need to tell myself stories to make yeah. to make my experience any more profound than it was because it was the most profound thing Absolutely. I've ever experienced in my life. I sent someone a text earlier that said, "How was it?" I said, "My little sister." I said, "I've had more fun in the last week." than I've had my whole life. Mm. And that's what I needed. Some people need to go, some people need to go deep and dark. Um, I'd done some of that work. Mm-hmm. And my lesson was, you're a part of the world. You are valued in the world. These people love you. They think you're funny. I sang in front of people for the first time since <laughs> I was a kid. And people said, you have a nice voice. It's like every everything that I asked for in terms of like, every time I was giving love out, I was wanting it back, mm-hmm. you know, not in a selfish way, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. just the interaction. Mm-hmm. And it was given to me every time. Mm-hmm. I was never shut down. I was never turned away. No one was ever like, you know, I'm not, 
can you get away from me? Like, I'm not really feeling love right now. Right. <laughs> right. right. You know, that just wasn't the energy of, that just wasn't where everyone was. Everyone was just into sharing. Well, and even, you know, in, in daily life, people are often cold and um, they maybe don't reciprocate the love as easily because this is a really open space and especially as the week oh, yeah. moves on. Yeah. But if we do express that courage, if we do have that, take up that courage to express that love for our fellow human beings, it will come back to us mm-hmm. because that's what we're all wanting is yeah. just to be loved. We just want to be loved just like we are. Yep. And the more we're loved like we are, then the more we actually have an opportunity to improve who we are. Yes. If we're just reprimanded for who we are then we're just gonna be like well fuck you i'm gonna be more like me then mm-hmm. you know so and repress that desire for acceptance and love i don't need it yeah exactly yeah I yeah don't i don't need it. your love yeah. yeah i'm gonna be like me i'm gonna mm-hmm. do what i do yeah rather than i can be living to my higher self people see the higher self in me mm-hmm. and they love me and like i want to be more for those people i want to be more for the people that love me yeah so what's your hopes for the for psilocybin as a therapy as it becomes legal where would you like to see this go? Um, yeah, there's there's been so many strides made. You know, one of the ways I found this was I was looking at the the Johns Hopkins thing, and um, well, I read the. I can't remember if I decided to to. I can't remember if I decided to do a psychedelic mushroom retreat before or after I read the Michael Pollan book. I mean, mm-hmm. virtually everyone that's came here has read mm-hmm. the Michael mm-hmm. Pollan book, mm-hmm. and um, you know, um, it's. It was much more helpful for me to read a book by a layman, a a non-authority in psychedelics as opposed to an authority. Mm -hmm. I probably wouldn't have received it as well. I I just, I trust, um, I trust laymen when they write about topics they're not familiar with. Mm -hmm. I feel Mm -hmm. like they're coming from a perspective that I can relate to. Definitely. More, more unbiased anyway. Yes, yes, yes. More, more, definitely more unbiased than someone that's like, you know, has a stake in it. So. Not that their their message isn't valuable, but I'm just a skeptical person. Mm-hmm. So um, I can't remember if it was before or after that. But um, my reading some of that and looking into some of the research, you know, I come at it a lot in my head from uh, being a veteran mm-hmm. and what it can do for veterans. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the American Legion has endorsed, you know, very fervently endorsed cannabis for the treatment of PTSD Mm -hmm. and depression just because their members tell them to do it. You know what I mean? And, you know, there's a lot of veterans. They're they're on the forefront of pain. Mm -hmm. They they are experiencing a lot of pain. Mm -hmm. The ones who are experiencing it, not not all are, but Mm -hmm. um, the thing they also have is a community, which a lot of people who are experiencing pain don't have, which is, you know, I I, want to see you know, the more groups that people have for whatever their trauma was, right. the more they can relate and see they're not alone, the yes. better. The, th- yes. the good thing about being a veteran is, is that there's a big group and there's a lot of esprit de corps. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of desire to help each other. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just kind of ingrained in you when you go through the process of becoming uh, a military member. And um, I hope that veterans have unrestricted access to it in relation to therapy mm-hmm. in conjunction with therapy mm-hmm. um i i the 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 fda marking psilocybin as a breakthrough therapy for the treatment of depression right um, i know mdma has gained some headway with ptsd mm-hmm. but it seems like that w- you know i suffer from i've suffered from depression 
not PTSD. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's where my heart is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Because there's, that's a bigger sample size. PTSD is important and it needs treatment. There's a lot more to people with depression than there mm-hmm. are PTSD. So it's like, who, whatever the biggest sample size we can get to show this is therapeutic, I want that to happen. And that, that FDA status, I, I, I'm not an expert on the field, but if, if things keep going that way and it comes out as a FDA approved drug for the treatment of depression in mm-hmm. conjunction with therapy in the United States, um, this could be a small cultural revolution. And I'm not a big revolution type of person, mm-hmm. but people need help. Nothing's working. These these medications that um, that are prescribed pharmaceutically, um, they help. They help some people. They did zero for me. Mm-hmm. Tried a few of them. Tried them in conjunction with each other. Nothing. I just stopped taking them. You know what I mean? They mm-hmm. did nothing for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. You know what I mean? You know wh- why I think is that th- why this worked for me was it just made me rediscover what it feels like to be a child i mean like yesterday i was i was playing with bull i was playing with little baby frogs in the rain i was digging for earthworms um we went out to the beach (laughs) in thunderstorm and swam in the waves and the sky was so many shades of beautiful and it made me realize that man storms are just as beautiful as sunsets let's do be clear though yeah yeah. it was not lightning there was not even rain at that point when we went in the ocean no no uh uh-uh the thunderstorm Correct. had Correct. gone out Correct. out over the ocean. Correct. Just to make sure people know. But that I could see it. You could see it. I could see it. Yes. Yeah. Things get twisted. Oh, that guy's down there putting people in the ocean on mushrooms and thunderstorms. Goodness gracious. Well, I'm, you know, I, I, I tend to dramatize. I want to make my story this sound. I want to make my, yeah, I know. I want to make my story sound really cool. And your job <laughs> is to make sure I don't embellish. I reel it back in. Your job, your job is to call Arm bull- reduction. Safety and arm reduction. Your, your job is to call bullshit. <laughs> that's why that's why I came here I love when people telling me you know that, that I got some bullshit in me but it was out there I could you could mm-hmm. see the yeah. storm you know I never swam in the ocean in that environment yeah that and was it truly was unique so the sun when it was right oh. there peeking through that one hole like that one <laughs> hole in the clouds <laughs> where the sun was right at the horizon that was just beautiful I felt I, I learned how to love myself in the the third dose and I learned, <laughs> I fell in love with the ocean right then and there. Like, like I, you know, I've been in the ocean, but something happened during that experience where I just, I understood. I don't know what I understood, but I understood. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Um, it made me fall in love with life. It made mm-hmm. me say, what else are you missing besides this, uh, this storm? Ah, uh, yes. What else are you missing? Yes. Curiosity. Curiosity. Yes. That's what I got back. Uh, amen, brother. Amen. <laughs> There's so, I mean, it's like, there's so much around oh, us, man. man. It's like miracles are happening around us all the time. Start small. Just, yeah, just get close to the ground. Exactly. <laughs> You're digging in the dirt. That's just, oh, yeah. I like I'm going to find me some worms. <laughs> what happened to all the worms? Oh, They're man. still there. You just haven't looked for them since you're eight years old. <laughs> <laughs> well, I definitely agree with you on the, uh, the military veterans therapy application. Um, it is a true atrocity. Uh, that we send these individuals off uh, to perform these tasks for us and give us so we give them so little support mm-hmm. afterwards when these exceedingly safe natural medicines the safest just the, the safest are, are also the most effective so um, yes here's to that mm-hmm. uh, billboard um, so I'll just say what I wrote in your uh, guest book 
So let me give me a second. Let me make sure I, I get the okay. words right. To those who have yet to come, from those who have already been, we are here with you and we love you. That's beautiful. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's that's outstanding. That's 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 gives me chills. That's um, you know, I told you that I want to, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to I want to send you a little sign, yeah. and people can find out. You know, that it's going to say vomit hole, but I also want to send you one with that on it. That's beautiful, um, and that that wraps up so much of the sentiment that I feel in the mushroom space, especially with groups like this where there are so many people who have never consumed psilocybin. Mm-hmm. Um, and even still individual individuals like yourself who have at, you know, a somewhat limited degree, very narrow bandwidth, you know, so like I've, I've been, I've been out there in the ocean that Cameron was swimming in, Yeah, you know, and that's what I feel like. I'm just out there. Like, I love you. I'm here. Mm -hmm. I'm here. Yeah. That's, that's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, Jason, so much for just being who you are, man. I can't tell you. I just. This is the really like the bittersweet time for me yeah, right now yeah, when it bad, starts wrapping up, you know. I feel for you. It's tough, man. I mean, there's like, you know, like hundreds now of people who I've worked with through here. And I just, I love so many of these people yeah. so immensely. And I just, I have to often stay in that place of connection that is kind of, you know, at a, at a super conscious level you know i mean i could sit right now and list off so many names of people mm-hmm. that i meditate on and i i whatever not i don't i don't like the language but pray for think for yeah, yeah, yeah. just send good vibes to send that love from over here ladora i know i never called you back i know i got so busy it's coming though we're gonna we're gonna talk about that crow don't worry uh there's <laughs> just so many people so many people who are so awesome and you or just like an outstanding human being. And I can't, I, I look forward to staying in touch with you. Oh, I'm, and, I'm coming back and hearing how your story continues to unfold. I, you know, I've, I've had a lack of connection. I've really started to isolate myself and I, I have made, you know, 13, 14 friends here who are, you know, we're friends on the deepest level I've ever had. Like it's so real how it happens so <laughs> quick when you go to these places with people and you know what we're seeing so often now is when people meet people, get connected to people just like uh Troy, you know, or you got connected to actually to Willa, you spoke with Willa. Yeah, you yeah. know. And and if you're like, listening, thank you so much thank Willa. Willa, absolutely. <laughs> she, yeah, you know. So like this community that we're building here that extends past the 13 Mm-hmm. person other than yourself on this retreat oh yeah it is oh it's, it's so bigger. beautiful it's, it's so bigger. beautiful and and you know i <laughs> and you're a part of it man i'm so happy you are you're gonna bring a lot of light into this thing i can already feel it i just can feel it like you're gonna in this community i'm trying to find i'm working on a way to get us all more in a real time accessible connected way for people across retreats oh yeah where we have like basically like a, a micro forum where i don't know we're gonna no, work I, on some ideas i'm there. totally into it and i always try to you know when i find something that works for me i i try to speak to the skeptic out there mm-hmm. the person mm-hmm. like me mm-hmm. you know what mm-hmm. i mean mm-hmm. um there's some people that don't need convincing 
mm-hmm. but there are a lot of people who do. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'm one of them. I'm mm-hmm. always one of them. I'm always, me too. You know, I've danced, I've danced in, I've danced in the land of woo woo. You know what I mean? I, mm-hmm. I stayed there for a while mm-hmm. and it's just not me. Yeah. And, um, I don't see the mushrooms as magical. There's, there's, there, why they are the way they are. I just don't know. Mm-hmm. All I know are the results. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All that I felt when I was in that space was they're just a tool. Mm-hmm. They're the most effective tool I've found. Mm-hmm. But for me, seeing them magical would take some of my power away. Absolutely. I, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And the power, I don't need. I, I will do mushrooms again, but I don't. I don't need them. You know what I mean? That's the beauty of their 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 lesson is there's no like, man, I want some more of that. Right. I need some more of that. It's like what they told you was you already had it. Mm-hmm. It's already in there. You did. You honestly didn't know that. That's <laughs> so why you had that thirty minute trip. <laughs> it's like, that was it. Like, that's what else all, do you Jay? want? You're right. You got it now, Jay. You got it. Yeah. All right, cool. We're done. Go have fun. Go spread the love. <laughs> yeah, especially at that dose. For me, I thought yeah, I was just going grams, to be. Yeah. I thought I was going to be out in space for three hours. It's yeah. like thirty minutes, and it's yeah. like, no, you're done. Oh, I've had it happen. I've definitely had it happen. Where okay, nice lessons over. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> it's so interesting. The nuances. You never know with the dose what you're going to get you can have a more far more profound experience on half half a dose and you can when eric if you come here and eric tells you like you know the the, the most important thing is to to have a workable dose mm. you know there's no need sometimes there is a need mm-hmm. but most of the time there's there's no need mm-hmm. for heroism yeah no <laughs> yep get in there and get some work done sometimes the the steady work the steady slow work you know you know that with exercise or whatever that you know uh you know a lumberjack doesn't doesn't go to failure mm-hmm. they just swing that damn axe mm-hmm. over and over mm-hmm. and over and over mm-hmm. and over you know what i mean absolutely no heroic absolutely. work and i i truly believe that's what this is all about i believe psilocybin is a maintenance medicine yeah and we just keep chipping away well i will say that th- this is the longest episode that i've done of the psilocybin really? chronicles because is that you, surprising you, no <laughs> you, you are you are a very interesting and enjoyable person to speak with and i really <laughs> I'm going to miss you, and I want to get off of here yeah. and go enjoy this time with you. Yeah. Go hang out. We're going to go have a nice dinner tonight. Might have lobster might have, might have a little little bit of that Appleton you pulled out Uh-oh. even. I don't know. Ruh-roh, Reggie. Yeah. <laughs> All in moderation. <laughs> All right? in moderation. All right, brother. Thank you so much for being here. Love you, Eric. You I really do, man. Love you too, Jason. All right. What a guy. Jason, it truly was a pleasure. I'm going to play a song for you. And for all the listeners, now that will hopefully tie this whole thing up together and give you a nice little send-off, it's Pink Floyd's Keep Talking, featuring Stephen Hawking, who did so much to advance science and understanding. Hawking has been credited with the quote, The greatest enemy of knowledge is not ignorance, it is the illusion of knowledge, which I think Jason and I (laughs) reflected on early on in that conversation. Folks, I seriously doubt we're ever going to get figured all out. Uh, <laughs> I know that I'm not, anyway. Uh, as a matter of fact, the more I learn, the less that I know. Uh, so, if you know what I mean, then you know what I mean. We just got to keep talking to each other. We got to keep opening up. We've got to keep being vulnerable to each other, to ourselves, to our families, and supporting those who are vulnerable and open and talking to us. Communities where it's at. 
We're all one big family. Sorry, I know that's, that sounds trite. But it's true. I mean, you know, we could all breed. <laughs> At minimum, the same species. Anyway, much love from the Psilocybin Chronicles. And may all of your journeys, inward and outward, be safe and rewarding. Okay.